Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Rob and Callie Show. My name is Rob Kay. I'm a life coach in New York City. I'm here with my friend Callie. What's hey. up, Callie? Hey, everybody. Hi, Robbie. How are you today? How's it going? It's going. It's going. It's a beautiful day outside. It is. I know that sounds cliche and... You know, who wants to talk about weather, but it does change my mood when it cools down a little bit in the Big Apple. Yeah. So I'm feeling good. It feels like fall. I know. I mean, it really feels like fall. I love fall. Me too. I can't wait for the leaves to change. I mean, I still want a little bit of hot weather and I still want to make it to the beach and the pool. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I love fall. You know, it's a great time of year. So just wanted to... Give a shout out. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting the show. All your emails, comments, reviews on iTunes. It's been so helpful. It inspires us. It's great to get some interaction going. And thanks for being fans of the show. You know, we started this thing just doing our Sunday morning therapy phone conversations <laughs> and saying, let's do a podcast about it. And now people are writing in and saying that it's helping them. It's inspiring them. It's entertaining them. We're making them laugh. So it's really great. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I want to second that emotion. And our numbers have been, our, our downloads, because, you know, I like to keep an eye on the download numbers every once in a while. And it just feels nice to know that people continue to listen and that there's an increasing interest in listening. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, you're getting the down low on the downloads. Oh, excuse me. That was good. Yeah, I don't know. Some brilliance <laughs> just flashes into me once every blue moon. I think that was my seasonal brilliance. That was it, everybody. That was so, good. So that's funny. Anyway, today I would like to talk about the topic of self-care. And I really think it's as basic as caring about ourselves. Mm. It's something that I try and practice that I started to practice a while ago. And I've had to learn as I go all the different ways to care about myself. And growing up, you know, I didn't really have great self-esteem. I had depression. I had tough teen years, you know, a lot of stuff that people go through. And I really, looking back, I didn't really like myself. There were times where I had moments. I'd be, I remember I was at camp one time and I was with a group of girls and I was making them laugh and they were just hysterically laughing at whatever jokes I was telling her, I was making fun of somebody or, you know, just improving. And it was the first time I realized that I was funny. Like mm -hmm. I didn't even realize I had a sense of humor until I saw these girls reacting <laughs> and they were laughing and it made me feel pretty good about myself. And, but those kind of times were pretty fleeting when I was younger. And then as I got older and I'm talking about self-esteem and then as I get older, I started to become a young man out of college and I really didn't take good care of myself. Mm. You know, I remember a lunch could be a Snickers bar. You know, that was what I, the kind of nutrition I was mm -hmm. getting back then. And back then I smoked cigarettes and I just didn't care about caffeine or diet or a lot of exercise. I remember I was living in Florida at the time and I would play tennis and I'd be like hyperventilating and I could hardly breathe because I was smoking. And I would say to my buddy, <laughs> I either need to quit smoking or quit playing tennis. So, of course, I quit playing tennis. <laughs> um, we laugh now, yeah. but I understand. So, oh, my Lord. And, you know, quitting smoking is the hardest thing I think I ever had to do. So if you're trying to quit smoking, please keep trying. It'll happen. I always say to people, there's a window to quit smoking. It'll happen. Anyway, so I've learned over the years different ways of taking care of myself and eventually watching what I eat and getting to the gym and not only focusing on the body, but the mind, body, and soul. Mm. And so 
watching what I'm thinking. And, and I remember it was a revelation when I realized to watch my thoughts. What am I saying to myself? How am I treating myself? What am I thinking about other people? What am I saying? And, and also as far as um, just what kind of environment am I putting myself in? I don't watch the news anymore. I just don't really, I, I try not to. Uh, I like causes and politics in a way and current events and pop culture. But in a lot of ways, I don't want to just um, expose myself to a lot of negativity, you know, and I try and read things that are inspiring. And I just try and listen to music that inspires me and things like that, all different ways that I've learned self-care. Mm. So I think it's something that I'm probably going to keep learning for the rest of my life, you know. It's such a big topic. I'm so glad that you've brought this one to light. It's so huge and overwhelming. And as I'm sitting here listening to you and thinking about where to even start and what I can contribute to the topic, it's really vast. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways in which it manifests. I think about, wow, really, um, because it, it it's a matter of the physical choices that you make in terms of how you treat your body, like you said. Mm -hmm. It's the emotional choices, the way that you treat your soul, the way that you treat yourself. Um, and, and it comes in so many forms. So I'm listening to you, for example, talking about how the roots of it for you are growing up with low self-esteem, which is a very common epidemic. So mm. you're certainly not alone. Oh, good. Because I thought <laughs> the I was the only one who's ever said that. <laughs> that you're the only one who didn't think well of yourself when you were 12 and a half because huh. maybe there was one other and you might be looking at it right now. Oh, good. All right. That may be one, one reason why we're good friends. <laughs> Actually, what I was going to say, so here, and I'm going to really turn this conversation on its head. I don't have, I, and either I'm completely blocked, unconsciously, completely out of touch with this, or it's true. Mm. I, I really, I thought it was true. I mm. don't know. I, other than typical teenage awkwardness, I've never really been aware of major self-esteem issues. I know that sounds crazy and like in total denial because it's so rare, mm. especially for women. Mm -hmm. And yet there's ways I've treated myself like shit on so many levels. So clearly there's some sort of a, I'm just kind of processing this and analyzing myself as I'm talking right now in the moment. There's a huge chasm there, right? So if I'm not treating myself well by the choices that I'm making in relationships or because I have one too many martinis at night or... Um, put too much pressure on myself for achievements or it comes in so many different forms. What's that about that? I'm not being gentle and loving with myself. Clearly there's something really deep going on there that I might not be aware of because I've had plenty of versions of, you know, of what you're talking about where I've really not been kind to myself. Mm -hmm. I think also what happens is that you get so accustomed to it. I was having this conversation the other day with a very dear girlfriend of mine who lives in California. And when she and I have talked about how we share a sort of deprivation gene, and it comes in these weird, subtle thing ways. You get so caught up in your life, you're so busy trying to achieve, maintain your marriage, take care of your kids, run your household, take care of your animals, that you've got all these plates spinning, and then you're just an overextended mess. And so I was saying to her, all you need to really do is remember to give yourself permission to take five minutes in the day to do something that brings you pleasure. Yeah. It can be really simple. Yeah. But she and I and you and plenty of people get so conditioned to almost forget. It, it's almost hard for me to articulate because it seems so obvious and easy, and yet we've created these patterns where we don't do it. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, it's just I'm, I'm clumping so many things together because, like I said, this mm. is such an abyss of topics, but mm. um, it's an important one. So, mm. like, where where do you start? I mean, are you aware of it every day? Yeah, I think I've been practicing long enough where my goal for the day is to really try and take care of myself. Now, let me talk about the opposite end of the spectrum, which is really self-hate, which is really when you have a problem with yourself or someone is really having trouble being who they are just that day. And I think um, that's just part of human nature. We have this part of ourselves that we don't like, and at the same time, it's a part of us. And then what we're trying to do is like ourselves and take care of ourselves. So I think not to get too flowery or, you know, profound, but I think that's... Oh, come on. All right. So let me throw that out. (laughs) But so I think that's part of the human experience is we're trying to grow more towards taking care of ourselves than not taking care of ourselves. And um, I think, again, it's just about practice. So, yeah, my goals for the day usually are around how can I take care of myself better? And if I'm having a day where I don't really care about that, then I try and do as little not taking care of myself as possible. You know, like, um, you know, I have, you know, just one dessert or something instead of a bunch of them, you know, to try and soothe me or make me feel better about the day. Um, you know, something like that. <laughs> Nuanced punishment, right? There's different, <laughs> just tamping it down just a little bit. If I'm not going to get rid of it altogether, I'll deprive myself in life just a little less today than I did yesterday. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's about sort of blessing that part of ourselves mm-hmm. that has trouble with caring yes. about ourselves. Because um, do you remember uh, the, the Dark Side of the Light Chasers? I think. No. Yeah, it was a book that came out where basically um, – the woman, I forget her name, but she, I think it was Debbie Ford, I think. Oh, Debbie Ford, of course. So I think Who, she Who, God she, rest her soul, passed away um, within the last year. Yeah, yeah, uh, rest her soul. Um, so, yeah, so she was talking about that even that dark part of ourselves that we don't like, that we have a problem with, to bless it because it's a part of us rather than fight it and, you know, uh, try and—, and want to just be rid of it. It's still a part of us and there's still some value there. And a lot of times, Callie, it's about protecting myself. You know, a lot of times that negative part of me or that part of me that doesn't like myself, it's just afraid and wants to protect myself from whatever I think is going to hurt me or something. And then I can focus on the self-care and be like, no, it's a safe world. Let's go out and do something nice and nice for ourselves. All these these (laughs) multi-personalities. All these ourselves with Rob. How many are there like today? How many? Um, Just millions. I can't even get into it. (laughs) Do they all have names? Oh, totally. So many past lives and personalities. It's it's a job being Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly I just had this crazy image of like a... um, you know, a Mormon family, for example, that might have 21 kids and they all have, you know, that's a lot of names to have to assign to one particular family. So yeah. a lot of names to assign to one particular person's mind. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, I think that that point you bring up, I was actually going to say something um, to that, too. So I think that's a really important point is the idea of trying to find a space where you can embrace the parts of you that are either st- depriving you, putting too much pressure on you, not letting you have enough fun, stressing you out too much because the more you fight them, 
the more dense energy gets created that becomes even more counterintuitive and then you really can't, it makes it a bigger barricade. Yeah. Whereas if you try to embrace yourself holistically and love yourself in a 360 sort of way, mm -hmm. I think that's half the battle there. And then the other part is really making a conscious decision to do something that makes you happy. Yeah. And again, this sounds like I'm hearing myself say it and it sounds like such a duh factor. Maybe it is a little bit of a, I don't even know if I want to attribute it to a generational thing, but I am thinking now again of like my parents versus uh, millennials that are after us and, you know, us in the middle and just what you, what the zeitgeist of how you're growing up, I think your family of origin, obviously all these things play into how free you are to take care of yourself, how much you remember to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, the opposite extreme of it is being self-indulgent and selfish and narcissistic and those things. And that's not what we're supporting. Mm -hmm. But I've had to really remind myself to take like five minutes to go outside and take a walk, mm -hmm. even if it's the most inconvenient thing I could do at that particular moment in my day. Mm -hmm. Or accept the fact that at four o'clock when I'm working on my own on you know uh, for my clients and I'm working from home as opposed to in somebody else's place of business mm -hmm. I will jump in my car take a really delicious book with me that I'm reading go sit somewhere up by the Hudson River and relish in the fact that there's something kind of decadent about that rather than punishing myself for not spending that extra two uh, you know hours of the work day mm -hmm. doing a should instead of a want. Right. And it really makes a difference. Something as simple as my birthday, which was very re uh, recently, where I made a point of going to get a massage, something that, frankly, I haven't indulged in because I haven't been in a place where I wanted to spend the money on that, and made a point to use my birthday as an excuse to, to do that. And mm -hmm. it was a really good pamper, and it was important. So it comes in the form of so many different activities, so many different voices, the kinds of conversations you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this could be part one of this topic. I know. It's so I mean, having a hard time wrapping yeah, my brain around like being articulated about a, it. It's a lot. And I yeah. think one of the themes of the show is really self-care. What we're constantly trying to talk about is how we're taking care of ourselves. And maybe we can help other people learn how to take care of themselves. And I always say it's the most important job ever is to learn how to take care of ourselves. Because if I'm taking care of myself then I can be a better friend or a better person in the world or, you know, just be better in general. And, um, yeah, a lot of times we get distracted, we forget, especially if you're a parent. I mean, parents, it's very challenging for them to find time for themselves or do any sort of self-care. I have a buddy of mine who's a dad and has a four-year-old daughter. And when he gets home, sometimes the only time he'll have to himself for self-care is his wife will take care of their daughter and he'll run out and go for a jog or something mm. and then call me on the way back. And that's sort of his alone time to take care of himself that day. And so parents, you know, it's especially challenging, um, but it's doable. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing, the most important thing is anything is to have a desire to do it, you know, an intention to do it. And if I'm focused on a goal and I intend to do this, and even though I'm busy or even though I have a lot going on, I'm going to try and find some time for myself you know, sometimes they say, you know, if I can't find five minutes for myself or 15 minutes for myself in the day, I'm too busy. That's just the way it is. And um, I think it may be challenging, but there's a way to do it. 
you know? Yeah. I've done this exercise. I am a little bit of uh, an obsessive list maker. I didn't realize that until I think I was talking to a family member or something. But I do love lists. Mm. And I have found You get along with a really great old girlfriend of mine who I'm still friends with. She loves lists. She's a Sag, though. She's a a Sagittarius, and she loves lists. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm a Leo, so there's a fire sign compatibility thing, right? All right. So... I, besides to-do lists and practical lists, I often, as part of, again, when I'm kind of just enjoying a Sunday afternoon or sitting somewhere beautiful in nature, I will write a list of, it could be the list of the things I want to do in the rest of my, like a bucket list of the things that I want to do, the places I want to travel to, activities that I want to try. But then there's the every day what makes me happy list almost because I need it to act as a reminder. And this could be a little bit tragic (laughs) to really say this out loud, but I have to remember sometimes the top five or seven things that make me happy so I can remember to do them. Mm. And it's not that it's not intrinsic and that I don't know very clearly that I love to go hiking, for example, every weekend or ride my bicycle or be in nature or eat good food or be with people I love. I mean, clearly those things come naturally, but Mm -hmm. in some way it just reminds me to give it a little bit more weight if I have that sitting somewhere around me. Yeah. Um, And then I'll make a point. And I do take myself out on dates with myself mm-hmm. for a great dinner where I'll sit I'll like at a bar, get a really nice glass of wine, uh, read a book that I really am enjoying. Mm-hmm. And I relish in that. It's one of my happiest moments. So again, these are just little examples of ways mm-hmm. that you can treat yourself well. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like when I was younger, I was very focused on, let me get a girlfriend. Let me get a girlfriend, be in a relationship and we'll have fun together. And it's like now that I'm older and I'm single now, you know, and it's uh, I'm not in a relationship and I'm not even dating lately. I took the summer off from dating. I've just been focusing on Rob and what I want to do and self-care. And it's like I'm learning that it's it's really about kind of not looking to other people to take care of me or to fill that hole in my soul. It's about me doing it. That's my job. And it's something that I want to do. And you talk about dates, you know, we've talked about this before that I'm a big fan of the artist's way. And part of the artist's way is what she calls artist dates. It's Julia Cameron. And an artist date is where you take yourself out or you go do something that maybe you would have done as a kid or something you just want to do as an adult that you would enjoy just spending some time by yourself. And whether it's, you know, going and and to a movie or going to the park or taking yourself out to dinner Whatever it may be, it's sort of doing that self-care on your own and focusing on yourself. And there are some times where I have trouble with that, where I'm like, oh, I'd rather be with somebody or I feel kind of sorry for myself that I'm single. And then I'm like, but it it's better for me to keep getting comfortable being on my own so that when I'm in a relationship, I'm not looking to the relationship to fill me up. I can do that myself. Right. You know? Right. I, you're reminding me of, I say that a lot. There's things you you know, say that in our conversations just trigger these memories that come flooding back to me while we're in the middle of these conversations. When I was living in Los Angeles, I used to go to Michael Beth Beckwith's Agape Church a lot, yeah. which has gotten you know a lot of play and a lot more um, publicity. Recogn- it's been more recognized in recent years, uh-huh. and it's a beautiful non-denominational spiritual church, but in the you know very universal sense of the word. 
um, experience, really special. And I'll, I, I would think I was only there maybe once or twice a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But this woman came out and did the sermon or the lesson of the day, and it was exactly what you're talking about. And she did it with such beautiful delivery. She was very... You know, it was really like it was being a, a, she was taking us all to church and she's prancing around the stage and she's like, you can't be good for anybody else. If you're not good for yourself, mm-hmm. you're a cup. And if your cup's not full, mm-hmm. how can your cup runneth over for other people? And she's really driving this point home. And again, so simple when you just think about it or hear it from someone else, but to put it into practice, you know, it, we're all really good at not doing that. Mm-hmm. Why is it that it's so easy to forget? Why is it that something as simple as being kind to yourself, a basic fundamental must, mm. is eludes us so much? You know, it's kind of unnerving to think about how good we all are at not doing that, at not taking care of ourselves. Yeah. What's that about? I don't know. We're all hopeless. <laughs> I just stumped you. Your face was just like, I don't know. I'm like, you're asking me? <laughs> I think, again, it's part of being a human being. It's one of the reasons why we're here is to go through this challenge of getting away from not liking ourselves and focusing on how we can like ourselves and like the world around us and going from that negative to the positive. You know, keep bringing the subject back to the positive, back to the positive, back to the positive. And I think it's just part of the the human experience. Um, I think also one of the things that, I learned was that I was focusing a lot of my self-care on caring for other people and not caring for myself. And it was a great way for me to avoid getting to know myself or focusing on myself and just distracting myself with their problems or trying to fix them or heal them and take care of them. And it wasn't really helping them at some times, you know, whether I was, um, what's that word? Um, codependent. Well, that, and also if, if I was, um, uh, I always forget this word, like if you're helping somebody in a negative way. Anyway. Enabling. Thank you. There we go. So I, I know nothing about either of those I'm, words. I I'm just sure. kind of fish those you, up you out of nowhere. You just look those up in the thesaurus or the dictionary. You're like, that sounds good. So yeah, sometimes I was enabling them and I wasn't helping them as much as I thought because what would really help them is for them to learn how to take care of themselves. And especially if you're around self-centered people. And if you're a kind person and you're thoughtful and you care about people, it's very easy to fall into that trap of losing yourself Mm -hmm. by trying to help them and take care of them. So one of the things that I try and practice and I'm learning about is boundaries and not spending so much time with people that want you to take care of them and have no desire to take care of themselves. And that's a form of self-care. And sometimes I feel guilty or I feel bad or I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And that's just an old belief system that I need to let go of and have a new belief of, no, the most important thing for me to do is take care of myself. And maybe that is choosing who I interact with or environments I'm around or things I do. And also it's helping them because they're going to learn how to take care of themselves. You might gather about me that uh, I resonated just a little bit with this codependency theme. <laughs> and I, I even hesitate to use, to bandy out these words because they're so overused nowadays. Mm. And yet I um, have been unfortunately masterful at, at that dynamic over the years. Um, and it's probably come out mostly in romantic relationships, yeah. sometimes in friendships, but definitely in romantic relationships where we really get to play out all the fun stuff yep. and the mirrors really shine. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really fun. So, um, but to your point about 
not taking care of yourself because you're too busy taking care of everybody else. I mean, that is the most, you know, well-honed distraction from us. That's not because, uh, I, you know, I'll speak for me. All the times that I helped somebody else at the expense of myself was not because I'm so selfless and charitable and helpful. Mm. It's because I was really neglecting myself and I wasn't valuing. I was, I thought that I found more value, that I needed someone else's validation of my helping them as a way to define my own identity. And that's really a big crock of shit. Mm. And, you know, I had to learn to take responsibility for that. Um, and that it's not as much as giving and being selfless and helpful is a beautiful dynamic and one that we support and mm-hmm. encourage. You know, I think it's essential for humanity. Yeah. Um, there's also doing it at the expense of your own soul. And that's not cool because that's not about anybody else. That's about us. Yeah. So to your point, it is about finding boundaries. I have um, one of my bestest friends, my surrogate husband, as I call him, Mm. who always tells me I need to be more selfish. Mm. Now, I don't look at myself as a wildly selfless person, frankly. I don't. Mm. Um, And it depends on who who it's with. Yeah. Mm. um, But I understand now what he means by that. And I actually channel that now as I'm trying to, you know, I've just been in a transitional place and really working a lot more in my um, personal growth and reading my consciousness books and as if I just started doing this this year, right? My whole life's been with that, but I've spent a lot more time with all of this in the last year. Mm. And so I will check myself sometimes. Am I doing this for someone else? Am I doing it for someone else because I want to feel better about me? Or am I genuinely doing it for me because it'll fill my cup up? Right. And I think even if I don't have all the answers or I'm not quite sure what, what, you know, what that's, what, how that's going to play out, at least I have the intention of noticing. Yeah. Yeah. I try and notice, especially how I'm talking to myself. And part of that is that I've learned how to parent myself and coach myself and, you know, be a buddy to myself. And that sounds so corny, (laughs) but it's really valuable. Yeah, it is. And growing up, I was always looking for approval from everybody else. I was so codependent and so people pleasing. And I just wanted everybody to tell me how great I was or not even how great I was, just that they liked me. You know, I just had low self-esteem. And when I got into therapy and I started to learn about myself and started to read books about this and started to pray and meditate and use other tools to learn about myself, I started to practice being my own sort of best friend in a way. That sounds so stupid. But what I started, it really does. I cannot believe I just said that. But <laughs> We're being airy-fairy. And then as soon as we get there, we reel ourselves back in yeah, and we no, bring I'm, it on I home. retract that. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> anyway, so, but, you know, I, I really started to just over the years learn and watch what I'm telling myself and how I'm talking to myself and look for approval from myself. And even how I walk down the street is differently. You know, I just sort of feel taller and better and it's like, I'm not looking for approval from everybody. I'm taking care of myself in that way. And it's just been just so valuable. So I'm wondering if we could, you know, I always like to think about what's the takeaway in our conversations that we could offer to people, because this is so vast, again, and it comes in so many different forms. There's the self-care of just your inner dialogue with yourself and being kind and loving to yourself, mm. uh, which reminds me of the first time my therapist told me that I'm really hard on myself and I put a lot of pressure on myself. I never even knew that about me Mm -hmm. because I knew that I didn't do it to other people. Mm -hmm. 
at least not as my MO. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I, there are plenty of exceptions. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea I was doing it to myself. So, so there's that, which doesn't cost anything or take any time. It's just a, it's a practice, mm-hmm. which is just having kinder, more self-accepting thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's self-care. Mm-hmm. There's doing nice little things for yourself, like taking yourself out for a nice dinner or a nice walk or whatever your pastime is that you're not making time for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's making sure that you prioritize your own well-being before someone else's, not in a self-centered, selfish way, but in a self-care way, mm-hmm. right? And there's mm-hmm. a distinction there. Mm-hmm. What other what other ways should we be mindful of you? I think the other thing is to play. Mm-hmm. Remember to play and have fun. And I think that's why I talk about artist states and the theme of that book, because it's about getting in touch with the artist within, who usually is that little kid with crayons and who has learned how to draw Mm. or just do simple things where they were playing and having fun. And one of the things I really pride myself on that I like about being an adult, I want to pay the bills. I want to be responsible. I don't. Yeah, well, (laughs) like I want to do things to take care of myself as an adult, but I also want to remember the kid. And to remember to have fun and play. And, like, you know, I remember a date where we watched uh, a Toy Story movie or something. Like, just, you know, watch old cartoons that make you get in touch with that little kid where you didn't have all these problems weighing on you all the time. And you're in your head all the time. And you could be more heart-centered and focused on things that really brought you a lot of joy. And you said it, Callie, what better way to take care of myself than to do what I enjoy. It's really, I think that's one of the most important ways to take care of ourselves or to be a part of life and enjoy life is to focus on what brings us joy. It's so simple. So just if we all just try to integrate even just a little bit of that again into our day or, you know, one weekend morning or whatever time you can, because again, I think a lot of us get caught up in not doing it because we feel like the other things are priorities when ultimately if we're not complete, how can we be complete for our families, for our lovers, for our jobs, mm-hmm. for our parents, for our kid, you know, for our, all the other responsibilities that we have. So yeah. everybody be nice to yourself, people. Treat That's yourself right. with some love. Give yourself some loving. You are the most important person in your life. <laughs> Thank you, John Handy or Jack Handy or whatever. So on that note, (laughs) the silence, the cue of wrapping this up, Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us. No, I didn't know what to say. I was like, yeah. (laughs) My name is Callie. You can find out more about me at CallieAlpert.com. My name's Rob K. You can find out more about me at RobK.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Take care.